It's Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024. Welcome to the Fast Five Business News by Fear and Greed, where we give you the top five business stories you need to know in just five minutes. I'm Michael Thompson, and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Sean, five stories, five minutes. Let's go. Story number one, so much for the the whole return to work fad. How about this? Office vacancy rates have actually climbed to their highest level in almost 30 years. It's 50% higher than average, Sean. Older buildings and those outside CBDs are feeling the effects of the flexible workplace most of all. The office vacancy rate has reached 14.8% nationally. The vacancy rates for both prime and secondary property is highest in Adelaide, Melbourne and Perth. Darwin's Tier 2 vacancy rate, that's the secondary property rate, it's heading towards 30%. One in three buildings don't have anyone in them. It isn't only the work-from-home phenomenon. The supply of new buildings in recent years has been higher than average. Buildings take years to complete. Many were started pre-COVID, so suddenly they're opening. You have more supply and lower demand. Melbourne's prime building vacancy rate is now above 15%. Sydney's at 12.5%. Brisbane at 10%. What's it mean for investors, Sean, especially those people who have kind of put their money into office property? It's not good news. In fact, there's a story in the Financial Review quoting Australian Super's Chief Investment Officer Mark Delaney saying the country's largest super fund has halved its commercial property portfolio over the past decade. That's globally, of course. Now, Delaney says it's just a very hard sector to invest in. Since pre-COVID, late 2019, the S&P ASX 200 real estate index is down 13%. Remember, the market hit a new high this week. Property is not doing well. Very mixed group, commercials doing poorly, industrials doing well, but still, overall, REITs have well and truly underperformed. Now you get office vacancy figures, which are at 30-year lows. You get one of the biggest investors in the country is reducing exposure to commercial property. Least interest rates are going to fall. That's good for them, and they're probably cheaper than they used to be. All right. On to story number two, Sean, Federal Parliament returns for the year next week, and it's going to usher in the pointy end of the debate over whether Labor should be changing those stage three tax cuts and whether it should be doing more than it's already outlined. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese was on the offensive yesterday, saying the House of Reps and Senate can decide if they want to provide increased support to low and middle income earners or not. The changes proposed by the government reduces benefits to higher taxpayers, but increases benefits to people who pay lower rates of taxation. In fact, 89 Australians are better off under the new package. That's the line the government's using. Now, some of the crossbenchers argue that more should be done. The Greens have called for higher welfare payments for their support. The Libs haven't yet confirmed anything. Bit of a tricky spot for the Libs. Hard to vote against something that most of the population wants. Yeah, it's going to be very, very delicate for them. Story number three, Sean. I love talking about property prices. I don't know why. I just can't get enough of it. And I reckon I'm not alone uh, hearing stories like this. It's fascinating. The latest house price index from CoreLogic shows that in most parts of the country, with the notable exceptions of Melbourne and Hobart and Canberra as well, uh, those prices are still rising. And now the country's biggest lender, Commonwealth Bank, has forecast a 5% jump in prices this year. The Commonwealth says a lack of supply will keep pressure on prices, although relatively high interest rates will hit demand. The Commonwealth Bank reckons that interest rates will start to drop in about September. That'll help the demand side of the equation. That'll help prices. The bank warns that there'll be considerable divergence between cities. We are seeing that already. Perth, Brisbane, Sydney and Adelaide are up more than 10% over the past year. Hobart and Darwin have gone backwards. Canberra and Melbourne are up just a little bit. Sean, story number four, PwC, which was barely out of the news last year, just had a a really 
bad year for crises, really. And it's one of the country's largest political donors to both parties, while along with the other big three consulting firms, gave almost $1 million to major parties last financial year. The annual Australian Electoral Commission figures released yesterday show that Clive Palmer remains Australia's biggest political donor, giving his United Australia Party $7 million in 2022-23. For the ALP, the biggest donor was Pratt Holdings, owner of Vizzy Industries, which makes cardboard boxes, headed by Anthony Pratt. Vizzy donated more than a million dollars. PwC was next at just under $200,000 and the Pharmacy Guild of Australia at $154,000. PwC was the largest donor to the Liberal Party, $175,000, then Singapore-based Keppel Cattle Investment, and third was the Sydney Mining Club. Last one, story number five, a really serious story to finish on, Sean. Meta Platforms' Mark Zuckerberg and the bosses as well of, of TikTok and Snap, X and Discord have faced withering bipartisan criticism from US senators who said social media must bear more legal liability when children are harmed online. Yes, as Senator Lindsey Graham, a Republican from South Carolina, said, you have blood on your hands. That triggered applause from a packed audience that included many holding pictures of children, some of whom had self-harmed because of social media. The executives were blasted for a crisis in child sexual exploitation online. Zuckerberg, who got many of the most pointed questions, told politicians that there are positive aspects of children's interactions on meta platforms. He also praised Facebook's investment in child safety work, saying the company had gone beyond legal requirements. After being continually pressured, Zuckerberg eventually turned to the crowd of families and said he's sorry for what they've been through. Meta reported 27.2 million instances of suspected child sexual abuse material on its main platform in 2022. 27.2. Across the country, there was 32 million, but most of that was on Meta platforms slash Facebook. Yeah, it is truly shocking. There we go, the top five business stories in five minutes. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Friday, the 2nd of February, 2024. Remember to hit follow on the podcast. If five minutes isn't enough, you can find our longer daily show called Fear and Greed Business News wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was the Fast Five Business News by Fear and Greed. Have a great day.